listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren-Smith. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs. Hi there, Ollie. Hey, Sue. How's it going? Good. You and I have just nipped out for lunch, haven't we? We have. Oh, I'm a bit naughty because the the studio's here. Two doors down is um, Dishoon. Yeah, which is an amazing Indian (laughs) restaurant. Tries to bring to life the Persian cafes Mm. of Bombay. And uh, I always order the same thing and you always order the same thing. And it's the same thing for both of us, which is the black lentil dal. Yeah. With a, I reckon there must with be with a Romali at least roti for me. Half a pound of butter in there. No, no, it's all healthy. Is it's, it? It's a, veg, is it? For, it's a veg first meal. Is it? Yeah, but there's loads of butter in there, I'm sure, yeah. or and cream as well, probably. Yes, but if you're happy, it's okay. I'm very happy after that. <laughs> um, I might smell a bit, but I'm <laughs> I'm very happy. You smell fine. It's yeah. radio. Yeah, but we both had the same thing, so <laughs> we're not going to be able to. We're not going to smell it. Always oh, stink the studio out. Um, can you talk to me about marginal veg? What is that? No, I, uh, so, yeah, so I was talking earlier, a bit earlier about, um, I suppose, the, the diets of the UK. And one of the things we've been looking at recently is how the food cupboards of the UK are diversifying. And th- there's a link to this in the fact that some of the guests we have on. But actually, what's really interesting is that there are a lot of veg that, you know, foodies might consider quite mainstream, like asparagus, that so many people don't eat. Like, only 15% of the UK claim to eat asparagus regularly. You have to be joking. 15%. I am so me, excited every year when it's around to May and June. It's like, yeah, I can have asparagus. I eat it nearly every day for six weeks and then... And I think it was a really year. British thing. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's one of those... I agree, it's one of those things that's really seasonal, mm. but actually only 15% of the UK eat it that. regularly. I, I, it was, for me, that was a really depressing piece of data because... Mm. It's actually what I'm, well, it's a real highlight of the year for me. It's like it asparagus season well. and... Oh, and yeah, the British it. stuff's arrived. Exactly. Yeah. So marginal veg, by that you mean the stuff that people aren't eating... Beyond the potatoes, regularly. the tomatoes, yeah. the carrots. It's not on their normal shop each yeah. week. It's something that they might have occasionally or in a restaurant or something. Yeah, and it's, it's look, again, it's about diversification of diets and it's about the movement towards more of a veg-first plan from an eating perspective. And there's some quite interesting stuff, I think, around you know, trying to inspire people to be more comfortable with veg. So we're sort of starting to do more work about understanding what people are comfortable with and how you make people more comfortable with understanding that the answer Mm. is not to boil. (laughs) Definitely not boil the life out of it. I remember my my mother-in-law, she just used to put vegetables on for like an hour. That was horrible. But, you know, I I remember sitting with... um, I was old-fashioned, like. No, but, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with a man called Pietro Lehman, who was the first uh, chef in Europe to win a Michelin star for a vegetarian restaurant in Italy. And he said when he was trained, he was taught to boil asparagus for 25 minutes. <laughs> now, this is a man who was not exactly trained in it's a bad like, place. It's like sloppy. It's horrible. Most of the stuff is 90% water, so... yeah. 110% more than well, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> We've also got Timo Bald in the um, studio with us of Gusto. Hello, Timo. Hello. Timo, uh, 
you're in a very difficult space, which we'll explain what you do in a minute. Did, how do you get in front of, of, of um, you know, that audience? Do you, do you invest quite a lot in PR and advertising, or is it word of mouth? You've got to get it right, because otherwise you don't sell anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great point. Um, I mean, the key is to recognise that 66 million people in the UK eat dinner and lunch every single day. So there's, a, there's an absolutely enormous um, opportunity for us. And for the last 50 years, supermarkets have built a supply chain that for the next 50 years is, is no longer... Um, fit for purpose as uh, you know food purchasing is moving online convenience sustainability and health are hugely on the rise um, so I think we have a couple of um, you know structural trends that play in our favor and then our challenge is um, how do we get in front of the right customer uh, almost exclusively using digital content plus PR plus TV advertisement mm. so let's just explain what you do um, so um Gusto um, has been going for 10 years. I know you're committed to sustainability, which, which we'll talk about later. But essentially what you do is you can go onto your website, you can choose a recipe, something that you're going to eat tomorrow night, say. Um, and basically the ingredients needed to make that recipe suddenly appear on your doorstep. Magically. Magically. You're all the heavy lifting. Yeah. So, so as you say, the model of going to a supermarket is... I'm really lucky now because my children have left home so I can, and I have got the time, whereas when you're time pressured it's very difficult, I can now go and shop as I want, you know, as I decide what I'm going to have the next day. Mm. When I had smaller kids, it's like we used to go and do what I call big shop, uh, which means you have to try and predict what you're going to do for the whole week because you don't have time to do, you know, and you get a whole load of stuff home. Such a huge amount of waste involved in that. And you've got to try and predict that, oh, I forgot on Wednesday none of us are here. And, you know, uh, we don't have to cook dinner then. And, you know, that's a really difficult model. The other thing is if you've got something like a cardo, where deliveries come, again, that's sort of like a big shop in a way. But that doesn't help you with the cooking, does it? It's just, it's just, it's just you get your stapled stuff in. So presumably what you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to order ingredients and then help them create that meal with literally almost no waste. Have I got that right? Absolutely. Um, spot on. I mean, we, we've always had this vision of being the most loved way to eat dinner. Practically, um, we achieved that the way you described it. Um, so it's all about, you know, personalizing the experience, giving customers exactly what they like. Everyone nowadays is competitively busy, running after toddlers, um, you know, waiting for the bus. Everyone is ordering on their phone. Eighty percent of our revenues are coming from from um, apps, um, and and at the same time, everyone is interested in health. Um, it means something very different for you than it does for me. Yeah. So we should never see the same menu. Um, but ultimately, the, the, you know, there's step changes in how consumers um, feel about food. So, so if I was to go on your website, and I've, I've downloaded one here, um, there's, there's a little section there on 10-minute meals, quite like that if, you're, if you've got a busy life. Um, I, trawl, I trawl through stuff and go, oh, Thai red jumbo prawn curry. I really fancy that tomorrow night. Um, so you go on, you order it, it tells you how to cook it, which is great. And then basically what arrives is this is ingredients for two, but you could order it for four people, six people, whatever it is. So I get... I get my jump my jumbo king prawns come. 
I get a teaspoon of dried chilli flakes, I get a lime, I get some steamed brown basmati rice, I've got 80 grams of trimmed fine green beans, I've got a Thai red curry sachet, which has been made for me, I've got 15 grams of fried onions, and I've got 50 grams of solid coconut cream. So that all arrives, you know what to do, and you cook it. It's great, isn't it? What do you think? I know, I know, I love cooking, so I, you know, but you could imagine if you... Really well, no, the, the, I mean, the interesting thing is that in the research we did back at Great British Chefs, the the overriding group of people who were buying Gusto, Hello Fresh, Mindful Chef, any of the the boxes that are out there, are people who engage with food. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're not engaged with food, what you've just described is terrifying. Right. You know, how do I I'm, I'm overcook the prawns? I don't mm. know how to eat prawns. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like. What do you mean? I'm using curry paste. What's you no? Know, you haven't cooked with coconut milk. I've never made a curry from scratch. Like actually, that is, you know, that is essentially the ingredients required to make a curry. Yeah. Right. It's what if you're making curry from scratch at home, you will use. That's exactly what, what you, you would use. Do if you had it so in. What it isn't is essentially a throw bottle of sauce over top of meat. Yeah. You know. So it, this is this is engaged cooking. I mean, you know, it's this it is not for the culinary literate as I call it. Yeah. But but what is useful I think as well is it's got nutritional mm. information. So you know how many um calories per person that's gonna be, fat, you know, carbs, blah blah. Um it you know it means that you could go onto those websites and say, Well, I'm I'm on a diet for a couple of weeks or, or I just wanna, you know, calm down a bit. Um, I'm going to search ones for the lowest calories and, and, you know, that might help me during the week, but I've still got some really delicious stuff. I don't have to think about it. Somebody's yeah, done that completely. work for me. Completely. And, I mean, um, what, what we've worked really hard on is we we built automation into the system um, early on and we built data science into the personalization. So today we offer 40 recipes per week. So we really push the boundaries around what's possible around vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, um, a lot more is coming fast so that we can really personalize and customize the experience to your dietary needs. Um, and I think the thing is, if you are living on your own, you know, uh, I've got your rump steak chili miso ramen in front of me, uh, the, the recipe. It, you know, I will get one carrot delivered. I'll get one egg delivered. I'll get the exact right amount of, of ginger. What? That's really appealing to me, uh, uh, you know, because there is literally no waste. 40% of all food in the UK is wasted. Yeah. Roughly half of that is in the supply chain. So supermarkets going to, you know, FMCG and going to wholesalers, um, which we've taken out. We're on 0.3% in the, in the factory and supply chain. And then theoretically at household level, because you get it, everything in the exact um, uh, portion there shouldn't be any food waste um, either and um, what i've always been interested in the older market you know not because i present a radio program with with older people but because <laughs> um because mm -hmm. um i'm sorry i you know oh, yeah. are you are you appealing to that audience because actually if you take you know if i go and buy a bag of carrots and i've got two kids and and you know there are four of us in the household and, and a tortoise Actually, that we'll get through that, right? But actually, the tortoise doesn't eat the carrots, but be will eat the kale. Um, you know, actually, for a person who's living by themselves, a bag of carrots is a lot of carrots. I mean, are you finding you're resonating with that slightly older? And that's not necessarily cash. It's just a bloody waste. No, it's complete waste. I mean, and you can't get through the carrots at the speed oh, you need exactly. to. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th I think the sweet spot is kind of 35 to 55 years old, female. 
outside of London, not inside of London. I mean, our meals are from 289, including free delivery across all of the UK. All the meat is from farms in the UK. So it's really, really good value. Um, 289 per person. Per person, yes. So yeah. how do you make that work financially, your business model? Well, we um, we work really hard. Um, we it's have volume, pure volume. Yeah, it's volume. We're selling. You know, we're extremely fortunate. We are the largest in our um, industry. We're now doing two point five million per month. Um, so what what is that? Like seventy, eighty thousand meals per day. Um, wow. Now you have to picture two point eight million meals a month. Yeah. Wow. So so that means there's quite a big fulfillment center in Lincolnshire. Mm. Um, the UK's bread basket um, and, and quite a lot of meals going across the UK. Is this the future, Ollie, do you think? You, you, you know, because Timo started off by saying that the supermarket model's a bit broken. I mean, how are they going to compete? How are supermarkets going to compete if this is begins to be the way that we... that, that that you might order the majority of your food? Not all of your food, well, but the, the majority the, of your food. The interesting argument is what's a supermarket? You know, and I kind of question that because they're a data business. Um, is Tesco's a land bank or a supermarket? I mean, you know, it. I think what's really interesting is there's no question that we're all going to begin to get our food in different ways. And but I mm. think there's a the solution for London will be and Birmingham and Manchester will be different from the solution for the Scottish borders, for example. So I don't think there's one, you know, look, we, we've, I mean, we haven't had a full conversation about Huel, which is my least favourite product in the market, um, which is just a, a milkshake that you just drink and gives you the nutritional value that you want. You know, th that would appeal to a completely different audience to what Gusto will be appealing to. So I think, I don't think there's one solution, but I certainly think if the metrics around this can work, I think it's very interesting. But there are, you know, people like... Is it Blue Apron in the US who really struggled with the economics around it? And do they go bankrupt? I forget. They no, I mean they, they're profitable. Um, they profitable. But there was some. But we would have to get into detail. I think there yeah. are a couple of specific reasons why yeah. they're rightfully in trouble. Yeah. Um, so the offering is quite different in yeah. the UK. But it, but it's it, these these are difficult. I mean, you know, you know, you're 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 setting up a massive supply chain, and you know, it's a race. It's a race to scale, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we employ 500 people today. We are, um, we, you know, we are hiring another 700 people in the next 30 months. Um, wow. We've raised 100 million pounds, so th it is a quite large opportunity. Again, 66 million. And how many million. markets are you in now? Only the UK, and we have no plans to go outside. Um, recognizing how massive this is, if there's 66 million people eating dinner and lunch every single day, right, that's 120 million meals per day. Gusto is selling 2.5 million per month. We're scratching the surface. We're 0, 0.0 something percent. Um, we're absolutely tiny. Um, and to really, really, I mean, the weird, the, the weird um, thing is, is that the larger you get, the more you can localize and personalize yeah. this. That's um, what has to be scaled. Data. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. otherwise you know, you're not going to make the money. If you're a tiny startup, you you can't sell anyone for three pounds a dairy-free meal. But at our size, we now have an amazing vegan offering, which we can personalize and customize for you as a customer. We're not there yet to, to offer kosher and halal, but if we uh, double in size again, 
amazing. So if you if you're very well funded and people are investing in in you in such a, a big degree, um, if you are sort of first to market and you've got that scale, it's going to be really hard for somebody else to assail that position. Is and I, I presumably from an investment point of view, that's what you're trying to do. I mean, I I don't personally care that much about the competition, and not because I'm cocky, but simply because I think. You know, we're taking the really long time horizon. We're trying to build a business for the next 20 years. We're obsessing about the customer. It's all about the customer. And then we're building data and technology capabilities to deliver ever greater experience to the customer. So I think we're building this differently than lots of companies in our space. Um, but but that also means we have taken on a little bit of um, funding up. Yeah. But, but you do describe yourself as a data company. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Gusto, we um, have a big supply chain. We've got automation. We've got amazing chefs who are real magicians. We've got food buyers. Um, we've got an amazing PR team, a marketing team, data science team. I think the common denominator is all of them obsess about the customer all day, and they do it leveraging technology and data. So we feel like the common denominator is is data for the benefit of the customer, really. And that's got to make, you've got to be efficient. Otherwise, it isn't going, the company's not going to work, is it? You've got to work out how to be as efficient as possible. Yes. I, so I think what's also interesting is how, you know, businesses like yours are also changing the kind of the eating habits of the UK. Because a lot of the things that, that Sue has pulled up are certainly bringing out ingredients and things that people would not necessarily, you know, have cooked, have experienced. And I think what's very interesting is that in, in, the, in the challenge to get, smart, quick, two-person meals, generally, or, you know, slightly bigger, your ability to have it at two, you've actually got to think quite differently from a cooking perspective. And a lot of what I'll call the sort of the classic British meals of, you know, the sort of the old school ones just aren't fit for purpose. It's a much more international spectrum of, of recipes than... Well, there's stuff on the website, to be fair, that's, that's very, very, you know, British traditional. Yep. I mean, one that I pulled off uh, last night is creamy haddock linguine. Uh, Lovely. Linguine is not British. No, no, no. But but uh, but it's a very what I was trying to say is a very simple dish. But yes, you've got shepherd's pie on there. You've got there's all sorts of stuff on yeah. there. Um, but know. but you but you can't for this to work. It's got to go beyond what I, you know. There's always always it's been those be rubbish articles yeah. saying we own you know the British only cook six dishes, which yeah. obviously is fundamentally untrue when you get into the foodies of this world. Yeah. But what's interesting here is is that your model wouldn't exist if you only did what I'll call the British classics. It is about that. Yeah, sausage and mash and yeah, yeah, all you that can't, sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the 10-minute dishes. We also offer Wagamama recipes, um, which you can literally, you know, spend £12 at a Wagamama restaurant um, anywhere in the UK, or you can order it for £3 um, from Gusto and then make it yourself. We offer Joe Wiggs, um, you know, the healthcare influencer. He's got a healthy range on Gusto. Um, he's got a very popular um, or, or massive following, um, especially amongst younger demographics. Um, so, so we're trying to be, you know, slightly clever um, and then deliver novelty across the UK. Funky. I, I would say we deliver inspiration, <laughs> but sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but look, that in the end, the challenge ultimately is that people get bored. And I think, you know, certainly uh, this is not the case necessarily for you guys, but I've always heard from conversations with people in the subscription model business that the challenge is dropout rates and that people eventually go, yeah, move on to something different. And therefore, unless you're innovating, unless you're constantly you providing to. delight yeah. and inspiration, you'll lose people at the other end of the funnel. 
Mm. Completely, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've never dreamt of, of ordering any of these things, like takeaways being delivered or any of that stuff. I mean, I've been really interested in going through the Gusto website because if if you are on your own during the week or something, this is an incredibly efficient way of doing stuff and, and cutting out on food waste, which I hate food waste. I just really hate it. But, you know, often if you're on your own... The number of times I throw away, you know, half a loaf of bread because you just, oh, I can't eat it, I can't get through it, you know. And I might put some of it in the freezer, but I'll often forget. Um, I and, keep throwing yeah. a half a loaf of bread because if I threw them in a window, they'd go through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a different challenge. But I just, um, um, it's it's really interesting. And for me, it means I, I still can cook, which is what you were starting from in the first place. Yeah. You know, I'm not, somebody's not delivering me something that I don't know what's happened to it you know that these are ingredients that arrive i get exactly the right amount of ingredients and then i can i can faff about them because i quite like the cooking thing anyway it's a good model i think it, it it's really interesting because it's I, getting I mean, the delivery right that i think is, is the business challenge you deliver when people aren't in as well yes um especially outside of big cities um people don't don't care that much they tell us leave the box behind the bushes fine mm. Um, that seems to be fine. In in bigger cities, we offer morning, evening delivery slots. Um, so it's relatively easy. We deliver seven days a week um, across all of the UK, including little islands and highlands. Um, I'm I'm really interested in this for 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 old, older people who who may be struggling a little bit housebound. I I think this model. Yes, no, there's a company it, called it, it, Parsley yes. that's specifically focused on the older segment. I don't really understand their food because, as far as I can tell, you can store in a cupboard, which I don't understand. Uh, as in, it's basically it's a ready it's a ready meal, so it's a completely different end of the market. But the whole Wiltshire fine foods market is a three hundred million pound business that caters purely to like ready meals reinvented. I think the older market in this space is fascinating because they're just, wealthy just, and they want and people forget stuff. them. Everything's sort of young and you know whatever, and, and for me this is this is a great way of still cooking, you know, getting stuff fresh. Maybe you only manage to get out once a week or something. This is a great way of of, of getting Agreed. stuff delivered to you, and it's not expensive the way that you've done it. Really, it's not expensive. How's the waste part of it? Because I know, I mean, I remember, I mean, I tried one of these a long time ago, and I was sort of appalled by. The fact that I got a sort of small plastic thing with a mm. piece of butter in it, and I'm like, I've got butter in my cupboard one, you know, and I understand the model, so you have to have it. But how are you doing on plastic waste and that kind of stuff? Just be, be, before um, um, Tim answers that, they they do say be, before you order it what you'll need. So, for example, this one I've got in front of me says, you're going to need olive oil, you're going to need pepper, you're going to need salt. So it will say if there's some basics that you that you need at home. So I think that's quite helpful. But some of the um, other guys don't do that, do they? Some of them will deliver everything. Yeah, I mean, we, we deliver most of the things. Um, I can see a future where you opt out of certain ingredients if you have them. Yeah. Um, we are pledging to take 50% of plastic out of the boxes this year alone in one yeah. single year. Um, so we're working incredibly hard on it. We're, we're now working with um, University of Cambridge, um, to replicate a study um, by Michigan University that kind of concludes meal kits, you know, sent in a box have far, far, um, you know, better environmental footprint than supermarkets. So I, th I think the model makes sense. If you think about delivery, we're not shipping um, meals through our own vans. We're actually piggybacking 
on ASOS Amazon parcels being sent to, to Wales and Scotland, you're literally just saying, hey, here's a Gusto box, could you please take it? Thereby we're not creating additional um, emissions. So, so I think it works, but equally, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more we need to do mm -hmm. to work hard. Mm -hmm. Well, if um, you are interested in um, Gusto, there will, of course, um, be a link from our website. Um, really interesting um, to see how this is going to affect uh, supermarkets and food delivery space, whether that's takeaway, ingredients, or your normal shop. Um, it is, it's, it's really being exploded, mm. isn't it, in terms of, of business models and, and um, disruption. Definitely. And I think what's interesting is I think, the, you know, the, the, the supermarkets are being eaten from every angle. I mean, I can't remember the name of the the laundry detergent delivery company that's, you know, that's come in at X Unilever Guys who's running it. You know, there's there's what I think is actually difficult for the supermarkets always is almost in every category now, there's someone who's gone, oh, we can do a delivery version of that. We can take, you know, and I think, you know, that's what's going to be one of the challenges, I think, for supermarkets. You cannot do it unless you're doing it at a massive scale, though, because it just it doesn't financially add up. It's but, really hard. But some of them, some of them are easier than others. You know, if you take, yeah. you know, the laundry detergent, which comes through the through the through your letterbox, and you know, mm -hmm. there's the amazing company that does loo paper, which then gives back to um, to places where there aren't toilets and things around the world. Amazingly called Who Gives a, um, and but you know, a massive Australian company have done amazingly. I think actually mm -hmm. did a break into the UK recently. So there are lots. Of, I think there are lots of these people who are. It means the supermarkets are really in quite a lot of trouble. I think. They, they are in a lot of trouble. So, Final word, Timo, do you want to add anything? It's exciting, isn't it? What's your favourite recipe? What's my favourite recipe? Yeah. Um, I, um, I designed all our recipes um, seven years ago myself. Um, They're all now sadly blacklisted because um, we have better, more talented people. <laughs> um, and also because we struggle to source them at scale. Sure since I went to the market yeah. or a market in London, which was fun. Um, I guess what I love the most is, is just the choice, right? The level of choice. I, I've got a young um, son. I'm busy all the time. I cook during the week. I cook 10 minute meals. And then during the weekend, I cook, you know, 60 it's, minute it's fine dining, gusto yeah, recipes. It's totally different. Mm, That's the fun of it. Jolly good. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us, Timo Bold from Gusto. Um, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, which, as you know, is syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenters, Ollie Lloyd. Thank you, Ollie. Welcome. Um, if you want to get uh, us to be syndicated on your radio programme for free, mm -hmm. because we want to we want to showcase guys like this, don't we? Um, please do contact us on hello at foodtalk.co.uk and there's hundreds of podcasts, hundreds. Mm -hmm. I say we're, we're, we're even having people back that were here six years ago, so that's how long we've been around. We've got, we've got everything from snail farming to beekeeping, so go to foodtalk.co.uk. Have a good week. Bye-bye.